Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Relaxing easy favorites. (laughs) John Grace here with you. Just having a little fun on a Monday. Uh, A lot going on. So glad you're here. Uh, If you want to jump in with us, you can do that thing. 913-586-7798. Hey, you know what else we did over the weekend that I haven't done in in a very long time? Um, we, We watched Wizard of Oz. And Jen had never seen the entire movie all the way through. I mean, bits and clips. Yeah, you pick it up here and there. It's on TV. It's the Hallmark Hall of Fame or whatever. And and you catch some of it. But she had never seen it, like, beginning to end. And we just so happened to get there, like, right as it was coming on TBS or TNT or one of those T stations. And, uh, yeah, I forgot what a drug-fueled romp that thing is, man. (laughs) Did you watch it alongside the, Uh, uh, the Pink Floyd Album? No, yeah, yeah, I've done that. I have done that in the past. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if you the deal with that is if you start Dark Side of the Moon on the third lion's roar in when they put up the little MGM logo, um, then it synchronizes quite well with what's going on on the screen. Um, it's it's really bizarre that it does that, but uh, yeah, I've done it and it is uncanny. Uh, you know, the things like when uh, when the line comes up far away across the fields, that's when it's going across the. I believe it's the field of poppies. It's weird, but no. Uh, I guess we'll probably try that next year. Since she hadn't seen the whole movie, you know, front to back, we figured, okay, we'll sit here and, and watch this thing. And it's just, I mean, everything in there is a drug reference. They all are. It's like, but the obvious one is poppies will make them sleep. Yeah, I'll bet they will. Uh, poppies make a lot of people sleep. We got a little crisis going on with that these days. Do you think it still holds up um, to today? In in what way? I mean, obviously the special effects don't. Right. They, they were, right. They were I amazing mean, just, for 1940, whatever it was. But Do you think it aged well? Yeah. Like uh, a fine wine? Yeah. Um, I, yeah, because because it, it's so rooted in fantasy. I mean, the entire middle section of the movie is is a fantasy. So I don't think that ever really ages. Um, if if what you're saying is, were there any references in there that would have made a 2023 audience uncomfortable? <laughs> you know, because a lot of movies from the 40s, you watch yeah, them now, and it's like, yeah. uh, what's the one? Oh, there's a movie. Is it Breakfast at Tiffany's? I think it might be. Where Mickey Rooney plays an Asian guy, which, okay, that's troublesome enough, but he's so over the top with it that it's Mm -hmm. like, oh, dude, come on. Or you look at at something like Tropic Thunder, and you're like, "You you can't do that. Not, right. not now. Well, and that's that movie's not even that old. No. Um, that was what, early 2000s? Late Maybe 90s. Maybe late I think, 90s. Yeah. Uh, 
but yeah, that Blazing Saddles is one that comes yeah. up a lot. You know, it's like, yeah. really? <laughs> How many N-bombs are in that movie? Oh, yeah, all of them. So, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I think it was fine. Yeah, there wasn't anything in there like that. What I did notice this time that either I hadn't noticed in the past or it just never clicked or I, I you know, it may have been one of those things where I usually came into that movie 10 or 15 minutes in was how many references they make to what's about to happen in Oz in the first five minutes of the movie. I mean, every because all of the guys, Eb and, and whatever their names are, they are the Tin Man, the Cowardly Lion. I'm, I hope I'm not spoiling a you know a hundred year old movie for you, but they are the Tin Man, the Cowardly Lion, and uh, who's the other one? Scarecrow. Uh, Scarecrow. Yeah. So they say things in the first five or ten minutes of the movie that fit with what their characters do while she's in Oz and they're playing the the alternate versions of themselves. So that I, I was like, wow, I must have missed that before. That was kind of cool. Um, and yeah, I mean, the rest of it, I, I think she thought it was thoroughly enjoyable. So, you know, she's a pretty sensible person. How as far old as is it goes. at this point? I, I, did that 1949 seems or 39 rather uh, seems 1939. To, yeah, how about that? Uh, I was right. Yeah, I was going to say that seems to stick out in my head. 49 was Casablanca. Um, so yeah, 1939. What does that make it? Uh, 80 something. I, I majored in words. I majored in journalism. Don't do that. 23 from 39 is uh, is what? 16? So, yeah. The, the text line is 80, laughing at 80, us. 84. 84 years old. But, um, yeah, it was a beautiful print, too. I mean, wh- whatever stock they used to, uh, to digitize this and put it on TV, it looked amazing. I mean, the colors were just, uh, it, it. you know how sometimes you watch an old movie and it just, the colors are all washed out and weird it's looking. A little grainy. Yeah. And, uh, none of that. It was beautiful. Um, so yeah, anyway, that was fun. Just kind of a weird, fun thing that we did over the weekend. Um, Want to get into this hour, a couple of quick things. Um, and we mentioned the story about this girl with a prosthetic leg. I read this this morning and thought, I, I just... Every time we talk about one of these AITA columns, usually I'm I'm really clear right from the outset which side I'm on, whether they are in fact or are not in fact the A. But in this case, I'm not so sure. So you have this girl who's a teenager, and she lost her leg in an accident when she was a little bit younger, you know, three or four years ago, and has a prosthetic leg. And she says she's had it for long enough now that she's very proficient. You know, and her family is fairly well off. She mentions that. So they got a really, really nice prosthetic leg. And she can do things like dance and run and, you know, anything that you and I can do, she can do. But she said the one thing that she still struggles with is if she's on a moving conveyance, like an airplane or a bus or a train or something like that, that she has problems keeping her balance because it's the floor is constantly moving. You know, it's moving back and forth a little bit, especially on a train. And that's difficult for her to do. So she got on the train and went to the seat that they had that was specifically for people who are uh, elderly or disabled. They, they have reserved seats like that. And she figured, well, I fit the disabled part and I do have trouble with the train, so I need to sit here. And she said she always wears long pants because uh, she's kind of embarrassed about 
her prosthetic leg. She doesn't like to show it. Now, Jen and I went to high school with a girl who had not only a prosthetic leg, but a prosthetic arm. And Katie was awesome. She still is. Uh, and she didn't give a rip. <laughs> you know, she was like, yeah, whatever. Um, but not everybody's like that. So this young woman apparently isn't like that. And she doesn't like people to know. And she doesn't like to show it off in public. So she always wears long pants and she goes through this whole thing. Well, you can see kind of where this is going. While she's sitting there, the train fills up with people. And an elderly woman comes over who wants her seat. And she says, look, you're you're a teenager. You need to get up and stand with everybody else. I want to sit there. And you're not supposed to be in that seat. It's for disabled and elderly people anyway. So you need to move. And she said, no. Now, at this point, I was wondering, why didn't you just tell her why you wouldn't move? But she goes into that later in the story and says that because of her embarrassment over the prosthetic leg... She doesn't even like talking about it, you know, bad memories, and she doesn't want to get picked on or made fun of or whatever. So she she just was like, no, I have a right to sit here, and you just need to trust me on that. But the woman wouldn't let up and kept going at her and at her and at her. And finally went and got the conductor of the train to come over, and the conductor was going to kick her out of the seat. And that's when she finally relented and said, look, and pulled her pant leg up, and showed off the prosthetic. And she said at that point, the woman, you know, turned all red in the face and grumbled something under her breath and just walked off. But she was, I mean, she said the woman was being really nasty to her, calling her a lazy kid and all of this stuff. It's funny what people will call you when they don't know what they're talking about, isn't it? So this woman's being awful to her. And, and I mean, I couldn't help. Because her question about AITA, am I the, the A in this case, was, was I wrong for not just telling her at the outset, I'm missing a leg, this is a prosthetic. And as much as I want to say, yes, you were wrong, you should have just told her, hey, lady, I'm, I am disabled, I, I have a prosthetic leg, and I can't keep my balance on this train, I'm going to fall over if I'm not sitting in this seat. And there's no other place for me to sit. But then I thought about it and realized that I, I get it. I mean, we all have things, right, that we do not like about ourselves. Some of them are body things. Some of them are just how we act sometimes. I mean, whatever it is, we all have things that we're embarrassed about and don't like to talk about. Every single one of us, you know, the, it doesn't matter who you are, what walk of life you come from, any of that stuff. And when you have those things, you don't want to go announcing it. I mean, not only do you not want to talk about whatever the thing is, you do your best to make sure nobody notices that it's like you try to hide whatever piece of yourself that you're embarrassed about. And that's what she was doing. So even to her in that moment, sitting there and saying out loud, look, lady, leave me alone. I have a prosthetic leg. Like I said, my, my friend Katie, she would have done it. No problem. She would have told the lady, she would have taken her arm off and handed it to her and said, look, <laughs> you know, she was the type who would do such things. And I'm sure she took heat for it when she was a little kid, too. But not everybody has the ability to do that. 
So as much as I wanted to say, you should have just told her from the outset and saved all of this hassle you eventually had to go through anyway. I totally understand why she didn't want to say it. But I don't see another way that it could have been resolved. Now, case could be made. The woman who was giving her heat over it should have just shut her mouth and walked away when she said, no, I have a right to be here. Hey, you know what? Take her word for it, lady, and move on. But she wanted that seat, and she wasn't going to let it go until, you know, she finally made this girl do what she did not want to do. So I pass this one off to you, especially if you've ever been in a situation like that where the thing that you are embarrassed about, about you, know, you don't have to tell me what it is. It doesn't matter. But if you've been in a situation like that where you have had to point up the thing that you just don't like talking about, who do you think was in the wrong here? What is there any other way that this girl could have handled that situation and come out of it better than the conflict that eventually erupted out of this? And not necessarily had to say out loud the thing that she tries to hide about herself. We'll give you the phones. 913-586-7798. We'll check in on the text line, and if you've got a word or two to say about this, I would love to hear from you. 913-586-7798. As, as I said, I mean, this is one of the only stories like this that I didn't immediately come to a conclusion and stick to because it's it's one of the few non-obvious ones, at least to my way of thinking. So if you've got something you think is the right path for someone in that situation, hop on the phones. 913-586-7798. We'll get to you just ahead. John Grayson here with you. Share in a Monday on 98.1 KMBZ. 98.1 KMBZ. John Grayson with you. And, uh, boy, lots coming in on the text line. Um, and it's funny how split this is. I'm glad I'm not the only one. Um, because usually, like I said, I mean, when we have these columns, these AITA columns, it's usually pretty easy to piece together who the jerk is. And in this one, it was a little tougher to, to do the Cliffs and Oates version of this. You have a young girl who lost her leg. She has a prosthetic. She always wears long pants because it embarrasses her. She doesn't like talking about it or acknowledging it or anything. She's on a train in a, in a disabled and elderly seat, and a woman who is elderly comes over and starts giving her guff about it, trying to get her to move so that the older lady can sit down and calling her a lazy kid and all of this other stuff. And she didn't want to say anything about it, but she just was telling the lady, I do have a right to be here. And then the lady went and got the conductor, and finally she had to pull her pant leg up and show her the prosthetic and say, look, this is why. And she wants to know... You know, is it something that she should have just gotten over and said something about it right at the beginning? But she didn't want to because it's embarrassing. And and so you can kind of see where she wasn't trying to cause a problem, but one erupted around her that put her in a very bad situation. And what a lot of you have seized on on the text line is exactly that. Um, kind of in a way similar to what happens when uh, our buddy Lon Hodge is here with us. He's the one who uh, trains rescue, or not rescue dogs, um, uh, service dogs. <laughs> My brain's not working. Um, but yeah, it, 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 like if you have a service dog and you go into a restaurant, for example, where dogs are not normally allowed, they have to let the dog in. You never have to show any kind of paperwork or anything like that. And the only question they can ask you, 
I think there's two of them. Uh, Lon would know better than I would, but if I remember right, they can ask you, is the dog performing a service for you? And they can, I believe they can ask you what the dog does, like what its its thing is. But I'm not even sure on that one. Uh, I know they can't ask you why you have a service dog. You know, they, if you have uh, somebody else in the text line brought up uh, invisible disabilities, things like PTSD. And they're they're not allowed to ask you that. They can't ask you what your disability is. Now, in this case, this is just some lady on the train, right? So she can ask whatever she wants to. But a lot of you are saying this is why you never ask anybody what their disability is. And that's why that law is there in the first place. Because not everybody wants to or feels comfortable announcing that out loud. And by the way, for the lady on the train, it was none of her business anyway. But some of you are saying, look, she should have just swallowed her pride and in a low voice so that nobody else heard, said to the lady, I'm missing a leg. This is a prosthetic. Get out of my face. And I get it. I I understand that. But, I mean, the, the split is almost dead even on the text line with people that are mad at the, at the older lady and people that are mad at her for not just being able to get over it and say, this is why. So thanks for all of the responses. I mean, a lot of thought-provoking stuff came in there. Um, I really appreciate you getting involved in that. Do want to remind you that coming up after the bottom of the hour, We'll go back to our conversation with Marty Croft, who we lost over the weekend. I mean, this is the guy that was behind all kinds of great shows from Land of the Lost to the Bugaloos to, uh, I mean, kids programming, but did so much other interesting stuff. And by the way, little preview of that conversation, Marty Croft has a connection to Kansas City and to the Hunt family. So we'll have him, you know, again, we'll revisit that conversation, and uh, you'll hear all about that in just a little while. Meantime, uh, one quick one to hit before the bottom of the hour. Let me look down the stack here and see what we've got going on in there. Um, oh, yeah, we told you about the mink attack earlier. This is another thing never, ever happens to me while I'm on my couch. There was a woman who was out jogging in Alaska and is lucky to be alive. Um, when, when we were in Alaska years ago, the the one lament that we had, we saw all kinds of cool wildlife and stuff, but the one thing that we never got to see was a bear. Uh, they're all over the place up there, but sometimes you see them and sometimes you don't. We actually even saw a moose. There was a moose right by our bus at one point, which is a weird place to be when you're on a cruise, but another story for another day. So this woman was out jogging and was attacked by a bear. Like I said, Never happens to me when I'm on my couch. This is why I, I rarely leave my couch unless I absolutely have to. But, yeah, the, she said the bear just kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, she was in Salmon Arm uh, on a trail just out there doing her thing. And uh, I, I'm trying to remember if they said she had to be airlifted out of there. But, I mean, the bear did some real serious damage. She said it bit and shook her before disengaging and leaving the area. So uh, why it decided to attack, don't know. We can assume some kind of territoriality, but why it decided to just let her go after that initial bite and shake, we also don't know. She's uh, being treated, here we go, for what conservation officers described as minor injuries. You know what? I I'm going to need a ruling on this, but I think that if you're attacked by a bear, 
you get to say it was major injuries. Like, even if they weren't, even if the bear just kind of bit you and shook you around a little bit, uh, that's still a bear attack. Like, the psychic damage that would do to you is plenty. <laughs> you you qualify for major injuries anytime it's a bear attack. The service said warning signs have now been installed in the area. Well, that's kind of like closing the barn door after the horses have eaten your children. But uh, officers say they have canvassed nearby homes. What, they think the bear is hiding out in somebody's house? <laughs> Did they think the bear is actually a homeowner? Like, we're just going around the neighborhood checking to see, are you a bear? Are you now or have you ever been a bear? Okay, all right, fine. We'll go to the next house. Um, but yeah, they're, they're on the lookout. They still have not caught the bear. I kind of hope they don't because, I mean, what was it doing? It was just kind of being a bear. So eh, best idea is kind of stay away from them and don't go out jogging if you're in a place where bears live. We'll take a brief time out on that. We've got traffic and weather for you at the bottom of the hour. Conversation with Marty Croft coming up in just a little bit. John Grayson here with you on 98.1 KMBZ. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. John Grayson here with you and just thrilled to have our next guest on with us. If names like HR Puffin Stuff and Sigmund of the Sea Monsters and the Lost Saucer and I could go on and on and on. If these were part of your life when you were a kid, first of all, you had an amazing childhood. And second of all, you're going to be just as thrilled to hear that we have Marty Croft online with us of Sid and Marty Croft fame. And welcome in, sir. I feel like I should just start by saying thank you. Oh, it's great to be here. <laughs> so much of our entertainment. I mean, I, I've had nothing but the theme songs to all of these shows in my head all morning long. And you've got something really exciting coming up called CroftCon we're going to get into in just a bit. But I want to start by just talking about how you and your brother got started in making all this amazing entertainment. As I understand it, it was your dad who encouraged a lot of this. Well, you know, that's right. You know, we're puppeteers. So that's how we started playing with dolls for a living. And, uh, you know, we were an opening act for big stars like Judy Garland, Sinatra, Liberace, you know, on and on, the ones that we have been with. And uh, so we went from that to creating a show called Les Poupées de Paris, which was the adults-only puppet show that we did, like the Lido in Paris. <laughs> so we played the millions of people with that. So, you know, we've been around. This has not been overnight. And, uh, you know, by the time we got the puffin stuff, we had done a bunch of things, a lot of things. One of the things I remember, we were, we were stars on the Dean Martin show on NBC with our puppets for the first season. 
And then, of course, Hanna-Barbera came to us. They didn't know how to do the banana splits. So we got involved with that. We created the characters and directed some shows. And uh, so the banana splits was prior to Puff and Stuff. When we were building it, the president of Coca-Cola, Kellogg's, and NBC would come to our factory and watch the development of it. So uh, Larry White, who was the head of program at NBC, whispered in my ear, why don't you guys do your own show? And we'll buy it. So that's how Puff and Stuff got born. And it must have been like that for you because I look back on it now and everything that wasn't a cartoon was Sid and Marty Croft. I mean, so many different shows. It must have been like, okay, we got another idea. And the networks just went, okay, yeah, we'll take that one too. Well, you know what? It sounds easy, but it's not. <laughs> you know, once you do have a hit, it gets a little easier, but it never is totally. And, you know, we didn't do that many shows. We've only done, we've actually done 20 pilots in our career, got 18 on the air, and 16 were hits. So we had a better batting average than Joe DiMaggio did. No kidding. Yeah. I I mean, that's incredible to have 20 pilots and 18 of them picked up. So when you look back uh, on the moments that you were watching some of these dailies come in and you thought, okay, this is it. This is what I want to get across to kids. What what was that like to you? And what was the, the aim? Was it just entertainment or was there a little bit more to it than that? Well, you know, we were, we had performed, we were, for example, had thousands of seat theaters and all the six flag parks and built their rides. And, you know, so we were creative in that area. So we played to millions of people around the country where most producers didn't. So we already had the feel for what, you know, kids liked and didn't like. So what happened was, you know, we knew that we weren't going to do animation. So we were trying to change that whole direction into live action. And I think that the, actually Hanna-Barbera, I think, was sorry they gave us the banana splits because <laughs> it was that that led us to Puff and stuff and live action. So the live action that we did knocked out a lot of animation shows. Yeah. So that was, that was what happened. But, you know, you never know when you're doing these things which one will work. But, when, you know, when you have a feel for it, though, you kind of know what doesn't work and you don't want to go there. So I think we were, we were successful because we did have a feeling what would work and we definitely what would not work. Yeah. So, well, you, you guys also gave us some of the greatest bad guys ever. I mean, I still have nightmares about blurp and slurp and, and the slee stacks. I mean, they're just terrifying. And Dr. Shrinker and all of these great, you know, evil creatures and evil characters. And that had to be something that, you know, you got to kind of ride a line with little kids. You don't want to scare them too much, but you've got to give them a bad guy to, you know, to take well, you know, for the good guy. all the old Disney shows. You know, they always had something that scared the kids. Yes. But, you know, who knew when I did the sleeve stacks, who knew it was going to be that, you know, iconic? Because, I mean, they're so major. And, in fact, uh, I can't talk about it, but there'll be some surprises coming out soon with Croft that we're working on right now. Really? And, uh, yeah, oh, yeah. So you can't kill our shows (laughs) with a baseball bat. I love it. You're not going to kill stuff. You're not going to... They kill Land of the Lost, and uh, and then we got something coming really special with the Lesser Woman and Diner Girl. That we're going to try an animated show with that one, so we're going to do our first one. 
Fantastic. Again, Marty Croft is here with us. And one of the things we want to talk about is going on in Northern California this weekend. CroftCon is coming up. So there's finally, there's going to be a convention for all of the fans uh, and everybody who has a great love for all of these TV shows that we grew up with. Uh, tell us a little bit about the convention. Who's going to be there and what we're going to well, see? Well, I think that, you know, there's going to be some of our stars there from the past. And of course, we're going to show the original Puff and Stuff film. And it's going to be a real great day. And what we're trying to do here, it's like a pilot, actually, uh, you know, up in Northern California. And it's a pilot to, for us. If this all works, we're going to take it on the road. And because uh, we, we reduced it down to a theater, which we have a great theater, and, you know, where we're going now, which is the, this Saturday. It says be on all day Saturday. And we'll see how that works. And then if it does, we have plans to take it on the road, as I said. Yeah, that's great. And see, so you beat me to it. That's exactly what I was going to ask is if we were going to have a chance to see something like this, uh, maybe in Kansas City coming up. So that's great news. Oh, are you kidding? I love Kansas City, of course. Wonderful. Well, and, and I mean, the other thing about you and your brother's work is just the longevity of it. I mean, does it surprise you at all that 50 years later, we still have the affection that we do for these characters that we grew up with? Well, thanks. You know, one thing I want to give you a little a piece of uh, information Uh Lamar Hunt was partnered with us in Atlanta when we built the world of Sid Marty Croft. And then he, of course, started the American Football League. And I remember going, he invited me up to Kansas City to see the game on a Sunday. He, I, I wound up taking his jet with him. <laughs> and uh, we, we, were, we were living it up that day. So anyway, so I, I have you know, a history where you are. Excellent. Well, that's great. Well, we'll look forward to seeing you here in town then. I, I, I mean, I know CroftCon is going to knock it out of the park. Again, it's coming up this weekend in Orinda, California. And Marty Croft, what an absolute pleasure talking to you. How do we keep track of you and everything that, that you're doing now? Well, I mean, I think we have a website that you can go to and find out everything we're doing. And they said Marty Croft pictures. And you just have to find that. And we have all the up-to-date information. Fantastic. So we're going to try everybody, keep everybody informed. That's, that's the name of the game. All right. Well, Marty Croft, keep up the good work, my friend. And uh, thanks again for all the great entertainment over the years. We'll see you in yeah. Kansas City soon. Thanks. You thanks bet. a lot, Jen. There's more coming up. John Grayson here with you on 98.1 KMBZ. All right, final segment of the show. Again, hope you enjoyed that as much as we enjoyed bringing it to you. Sad about the news of Marty Croft's passing over the weekend at age 86, but still such a brilliant guy and and such wonderful stories. So um, it really felt like we, we had to listen back to that one more time and uh, certainly hope you got something out of that. If nothing else, maybe just the urge to go back and go check out uh, some of the old episodes of HR Puff and stuff. <laughs> yeah, by the way, uh, and I gotta, I mean, as our, our resident Gen Zer, uh, Colin, do, do you know the answer it, is no? Well, what you're no, about to ask, the no, answer is no. None of the Sid and Marty Croft stuff at all. Okay. Nope. It is the most, I mean, we were talking about what, uh, what a bizarre drug fueled romp, uh, the Wizard of Oz was. All of those shows, I mean, and he swears they weren't doing drugs. <laughs> but, I mean, if you watch an old episode of H.R. Puffin stuff, first of all, H.R. Puffin stuff is very much like The Wizard of Oz. Uh, all bright colors and weird creatures, and the the bad guy is witchy-poo. It's a witch, so it had a lot of those same kinds of, of characteristics to it. You really should. You should go back and watch them. You would love some of the Sid and Marty Croft stuff. And yes, the Sleestacks will scare the bejeebers out of you. So 
Uh, yeah, anyway, uh, that aside, we have a few stories to tell you about before the top of the hour. You ready for another thing you're doing wrong? <laughs> this is the internet is good for two things telling you you're doing it wrong, and uh, I'm sure there's another thing that it's good for. <laughs> oh, yeah, making people angry at each other. Right. The, the, that's the two fortes that the Internet seems to have. Um, so what you're doing wrong now is your candles. You're apparently candling wrong. I don't know if you knew this. You probably didn't or you wouldn't be doing it wrong anymore. But so we are told by the folks over at Slate, You, if, if you light a candle... You know, like on the wick, like you're supposed to. No, 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 that's wrong. You're not supposed to do that now. Now, what we do is we have candle warmers, you plebe. Um, this apparently is some device that is like a little light bulb that you put kind of close to the top of the candle. And instead of burning the the wax, it just melts and you get all the nice smells and everything else, but you don't burn the candle. So you don't get soot anywhere and uh, you, you don't have to worry about it. I mean, burning candles can be dangerous. There are some of them that have exploded in the past, like the little glass jar candles. You got to watch those things. So anyway, and by the way, you're not supposed to light a candle and leave the room, which is really the problem. Um but yeah, they, so they say it's just a small lamp that comes on. Now, um, the the thing about this, see, is some of us like candlelight. Some of us enjoy that. Uh, so we've taken something that provides its own fuel and turned it into something that you have to use electricity on. <laughs> Sorry, Slate. It's a cute idea and everything, but no, I am not using a candle warmer. I'm going to light my candles like a regular, normal human being. And what would these people do if they didn't have offices to sit around in and try to think of everything that you and I are doing and how to do it differently than we already do and then shame us for doing it the old way? They would have no lives. They would have no money. They would have no future. So. I guess job well done, question mark, <laughs> he asked. But yeah, I'm I'm still going to burn my candles. Sorry, Slate. And anybody who thinks that I'm a horrible plebe for burning my candles. I only burn it at one end, so I guess I got that going for me. Now, um, that said, we do have a couple of other stories to get to, and we have another Gen Z story. So here we go again. Oh, this, by the way, is another thing that the Internet thinks it's good at, is telling Gen Z all about themselves. Because as we know, Gen Z is monolithic, just like every other generation. They all act exactly the same as all of the other ones, and they only have one opinion about things. And yeah, that, that's it, right? Sure. I mean, isn't that true of all generations? <laughs> uh, okay, maybe not so much. What they're telling us now about Gen Z is that you, Colin, and all your little cohorts are a bunch of horny little creatures and, and want to have polyamorous relationships that one... Get this. Okay. Now, uh, proviso to this, this was a study that was sponsored by Ashley Madison. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. The, the website that says you should go out and have an affair. Right. Okay. Those people. And what they found, they say, is that more than half... 59% of Gen Zers either want an open or polyamorous relationship. Isn't that the same thing? Anyway, uh, they say 65% believe that those types of relationships provide fuller sexual and romantic life experiences. 
All right. You're 23, man. I mean, come on. Uh, while nearly half admit that one sexual partner simply can't fulfill their sexual needs. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Um, really what we're talking about here is not so much a generational shift as it is the fact that they're asking these people when they're in their 20s. Ask them again. Ask these very same people when they're 45. How many of them want an open or polyamorous relationship? And you'll get answers like, man, I'm tired enough now. (laughs) Just wait. So really, we're not talking about Gen Z. We're talking about anybody who has ever been in their 20s when they were in their 20s. So nice try, Ashley Madison. But no, you're not going to convince us that an entire generation is a bunch of sexual libertines uh, that are out there to just, you know, get down and boogie with whomever they can. Uh, But it was a cute story, though. Thanks for that. Now, that brings us quite nicely to the Satanic Temple. Okay, maybe not quite so nicely. There's no link there at all. It was kind of a left turn at the traffic lights, but stay with me on this. Because the Satanic Temple is winning again. Here's what's going on. In Wisconsin, every year, the National Railroad Museum in... Oh, sure. Let's just call it Ashwabanon. That's what it looks like anyway. Wisconsin, um, they they have a Christmas tree festival, you see. And I know you know where this one's going to. Yeah. Uh, and and like all, you know, public sort of buildings like that, uh, if they allow somebody in with a religious display, they have to allow everybody in with their religious display. So uh, they had their little Christmas tree festival And they say that the most controversial entry this year came from the good folks over at the Satanic Temple of Wisconsin. (laughs) All right. I want to stay there for a second and just really enjoy the fact that there is such a thing as the Satanic Temple of Wisconsin. It's the only chapter of the Satanic Temple where they have potlucks. So, you know, they got that going for them, which is nice. Anyway, they said uh, the Satanic Temple of Wisconsin and the Bay Area Council on Gender Diversity put up their Christmas displays, their Christmas tree displays, and they said that instead of uh, the typical ornaments depicting images related to Jesus, angels, or the Christmas holiday, this one was adorned with red lighting and beads, pentagrams, and various ornaments, with one of them reading, Hail Santa. (laughs) Oh, that's fantastic. An apparent play off of the phrase, Hail Satan. Oh, hey, thanks for clearing that up for us, Fox News. We appreciate it. Um, Are we sure they're not just <laughs> dyslexics? Are they? Yeah, really. It's, uh, it's Phobomet is their their uh, thing. Anyway, um, according to a local NBC affiliate, WGBA, museum CEO Jacqueline Frank admitted a number of local residents attending the festival had expressed concern over the presence of the trees, but also said that some had praised their inclusivity. Others took to social media to air their grievances. Oh, no kidding. People got angry about something and then tweeted about it? Come on. You're making that up. So, uh, yeah, the, one of the one of the people on Twitter, or what used to be Twitter, whatever, it's, it's Twitter, uh, said, Outrageous! National Railroad Museum features a satanic worship tree. Okay. Uh, Sure. Outrageous. Whatever. Now, if you don't know from the Satanic Temple, 
And I'm not advocating for them. They can do that They're just fine for themselves. I, I, I really don't care one way or the other. So, uh, but about them, I mean, what they do is it has nothing to do with Satan or devil worship or any of that. In fact, the proponents of the satanic temples say that they don't even believe in the devil. So, and neither do I, which is probably why I don't care much about them. But no, I'm not a member of the satanic temple, in case you were wondering. So, anyway, um, they, they, it has nothing to do with worshiping anything. They're a free thought organization. Uh, they do this stuff not only to get their name out there, which is why you do anything like this, and so they won on that level, but they're also trolling, and they're doing it very successfully. So, um, I mean, the, the reason why you put up the, you know, the pentagrams and the red lights and all the other stuff on a Christmas tree and put it next to regular, you know, Christmas, Christmas trees is so that you can torque off the people that you're making fun of. And that's what they're doing. I mean, part of the Satanic Temple's bit, from my understanding of them, and they probably would argue with this, but it seems that they really enjoy making fun, not of Christians specifically, but of a particular stripe of Christianity. The, the one that can't admit that there are any other religions out there at all and, you know, and, and think that they're above everybody else. Um, what do they call them again? Southern Baptists, right? No, no, I'm kidding. Uh, calm down, Southern Baptists. It was a joke. I, I know you guys don't allow those. But, um, yeah, so they, they, they enjoy tweaking the easily tweaked hyper-religious among us. They, they just, that's their thing and they like it and they're really good at it. And all they need to do is put up a bunch of scary looking, blah, 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 you know, devil stuff. And those people lose their ever loving minds. So, uh, so they're winning on that front too. Not only are they able to get their name out, but they're also able to anger a bunch of people that they really don't like very much. So what, what I don't get is why the people that get all freaked out about them get all freaked out about them. I mean, you're giving them exactly what they want. You're, you're just lining up at their door and saying, okay, you know that thing you wanted me to do? I'm going to do it. <laughs> and they're going, oh, okay, thanks. Appreciate it. We'll see you next year. Uh, so I, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's the fact that it's Wisconsin and they just haven't heard about this yet. It's a possibility exists, right, that they don't really know what it is and they think it is a bunch of people, you know, doing human sacrifices and worshiping Satan. It is in the name, after all, so I guess they could be forgiven for that. But uh, really, they ought to look into it, and what they would find is that they're being kicked in the shins and um, and they're, they're reacting exactly as the Satanic Temple wants them to. So I guess they're satanic temple worshipers in a weird way. Um, and one last real quick one. Of all of the places you could streak, this guy in California probably picked, I was going to say the worst one, but I'm going to go ahead and amend that and say it's the funniest one. Because there was a report that came out over the Thanksgiving holiday weekend the, uh, in Deadline that a guest at Disneyland got off the boat going through the small world ride as it was in motion, stripped down to nothing and streaked through. It's a small world after all. Oh, I wish I had been there. Have a great rest of your Monday. We'll talk again Tuesday morning right here. Dana and Parks up next on 98.1 KMBZ. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Now, with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.